1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 20th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. NBA season is over. Uh, we saw a great with from the Cavs we'll talking a little bit about that, but today's pod is about the NBA draft coming up on Thursday, and we have our expert, Ed Isaacson, coming on here to, to break this down. What's up, man?
0: Hey, Mike. How you doing?
1: Great. How you doing?
0: Ah, it's that time of year. <laughs> yeah,
1: we must be... Uh... Like the the Mel Kuiper time, right where everyone just like you're in the you're in the lab like all year, and you, know, you people just really start to like appreciate what you do. Like right now, this is Christmas. <laughs>
0: uh, I, you know, this is this is what it's all about. Everything that goes on this week.
1: Yep, it's it's pretty cool. I I don't watch a lot of college. Uh, I watch more international stuff. Like I've seen um, more players kind of overseas than I do in college. From what I see in the Olympics and and. Uh, international games I, I watch more of that so i'm uh, really excited to hear what you got to say about some of these guys uh so yeah we'll just pretty much go th- we're gonna go through all 30 picks and talk about options team needs and things like that some will be easier picks than others but definitely want to hear your take on some of these guys so obviously the 76ers and sam Hankey came through didn't get the reward of the number one pick uh, it sounds like they have a lot of players coming back. The the big news on on the news side is are they going to trade Jahlil Okafor, Nerlens Noel? Uh, they don't really have a point guard. It's Smith's a free agent. Kendall Marshall has a team option. I don't think he'll be back. Um, and they have Cummington and Sas Castillo. Team option on Hollis Thompson. Jeremy Grant will be back. So they got a good good little group. So where do you see them going with that top pick?
0: You know. There's a lot of talk that Brandon Ingram could have snuck in here and maybe uh, beat Philadelphia's pick at number one, Um, but I don't see any way they go uh, in a direction other than Ben Simmons. Uh, You know, Henke's plan did come to fruition with them getting the number one pick, uh, but this isn't really the year they they would have wanted. uh, You know, compared to the other seasons, Uh, you know, Simmons is a good player. You know, the thing that sort of gives him the edge in my mind and other people's mind over Ingram at number one is he's just so unique. At 6'10", his ability to handle the ball, great passing ability, uh, can post up, can drive to the rim. Uh, You know, his offense is, you know, semi-complete with the exception of not being able to hit jumpers, um, which is something that... Like a lot of other players, should come along in, in some time. Um, but you know, while Ingram might be a better fit for what Philadelphia has right now, because all Simmons does is really add more of more to the logjam in the front court. Uh, you know, I don't think Brian Colangelo wants to be that GM who who ends up passing on Simmons. Does
1: he play a little bit of three, or is he more of a four? Do you see Because I kind of like the way the Sixers use Jeremy Grant. They played him at the four a lot, especially late in the year. Covington plays some four. I mean, Brett Brown really likes to play his forwards at at both forward spots.
0: Yeah, I mean, at at least early on in his career, uh, he's more suited for the four, uh, especially in who he'll be able to defend. He's not a great defender, uh, and I really don't see him being able to defend uh, NBA threes at this point. Uh, you know, at least, you know, and that's, and that's sort of the fun part about Simmons is the versatility on offense because you can use him in a lot of different ways and put him in different spots on the floor. You can use him sort of a point forward. Um, you know, Lamar Odom is one name that keeps coming up in, in terms of what he can be capable of um, when you run the offense through him. Um, But depending on matchups, he's a good enough ball handler and uh, creator off the dribble that you can play him at the point some. You're not going to make him your full-time point guard, but you can put the ball in his hands and let him uh, try and create um, and again depending on matchups you can put him in the post and you know he can be an efficient scorer down there
1: yeah so kind of like sounds a little bit like I'm not comparing him to LeBron but I'm saying it sounds like his skill set fits into what LeBron does really well We saw that last night where he's been exceptional at the four so I, I kind of a little similarities there again I'm not saying he's the next LeBron but I'm just saying he's like a lower level of, of what he wants to be with with the way he can kind of put production at those spots.
0: Yeah. And it's a, it's a very unique sort of set of skills for his size, um, which again, work you know, as much of a benefit as it is, it does work against him in some ways because um, you're not really sure what to do with them at times, um, especially with his inability to shoot. Um, So, you know, inserting him into your offense uh, oftentimes means you either have to run it through him or put it in his hands. There's no, um, you know, there's no gray area there. Because uh, then there's really, if, he, if he's not uh, heavily involved, I'm not really sure what he's going to do for you.
1: Oh, that's, That sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a, not being, jumpers can come along. Like Wiggins, he started to turn the corner last year. Obviously, Kawhi was kind of an, um, not a quote-unquote jump shooter, but he was over 60 true shooting percentage last year. It was unbelievably
0: good. So it sounds like you think it'll, it'll come, the shooting? I mean, I don't, he's not, I don't think he's ever going to be a very good shooter. Um, we're not talking about, you know, people want to bring up, like, Kawhi Leonard was a 20-some percent three-point shooter, at, you know, in college. Uh, but if you watch Kawhi Leonard shoot... He, you know, the mechanics were sort of there. Um, Simmons' shot is broken. Okay. Uh, um, like, and I'm not sure if, how much of it's mental and how much of it was, um, you know, his ability to go through the actual shooting motions, but on on a 15-foot jumper, it was a 50-50 shot that he would hit just, you know, hit nothing but backboard. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, if you were to watch him uh, in warm-ups, uh, and th- things look fine. Um, you know, th- there have been theories floated out there that maybe he's shooting with the wrong hand. Oh, wow. uh, uh, because he-, he plays as a lefty. Uh, but almost everything he does, except for shooting, uh, shooting jumpers and free throws, is as a righty. Um, so... Uh, there's, there's, uh, so, you know, this isn't going to be a simple case of getting a shooting coach and uh, seeing some quick results. Uh, you know, a lot of this may have to be broken down from scratch for
1: him. Uh, that, that's crazy. I mean, we saw Tristan Thompson change hands and, and it kind of worked out. Saw a little bit better numbers, but I mean, Tristan Thompson, he's he's not a scorer, um, so that's going to be a tough adjustment for him. Uh, anywhere else, you see the Sixers going? Uh, everything I've seen sounds like Simmons is the guy. Uh, like I said, the only
0: other real option I can see um, is Brandon Ingram. Uh, you know, 6'9", uh, long, athletic, uh, shot over 40% from three-point range. Uh, you know, has sort of that style where it looks like he's just gliding to the basket uh, yeah. when he takes the ball off the dribble. Uh, you know, but again, not without... You know some major you know parts of his game, which uh, give you know give you a little bit of concern. Um, you know, mentioned he's six nine, but he's about one hundred and ninety pounds. Um, and you know, people want to bring up, you well know, Kevin Durant was really thin, and uh, but you know, Kevin Durant was a guy who dominated college basketball oh, yes. in his one year. Um, Ingram didn't come close to that, and, and Durant did it at a time when, you know, the old rules were in effect, where, you know, defender, it was a physical game, and defenders could try and do what they want to him, uh, Ingram got to take advantage of, sort of, you know, any contact is a foul, kind of, uh, you know, direction the NCAA is, has gone, um, but, yeah, just a freshman, a um, lot of potential there. Uh, people, you know, they're the, they're the people who fall in love with wingspan.
1: Hmm.
0: Brandon Ingram has it, uh, you know, probably somewhere reported seven, three, seven, four, uh, wingspan. Uh, he doesn't know how to play defense. Um, but he has those long arms and the one thing he can do, um, is he can block shots. Uh, and you know, th- there aren't many things more exciting in a game like we saw uh, huh. last night than, than the uh, the chase down block, and uh, Ingram had a few really good ones during the season. and It's something I think he can also bring uh, to the NBA level.
1: That chase down block was a thing of beauty last night. Um, ah, okay, uh, so that kind of that kind of segues into the second pick. The Lakers sitting there, they they held that number three top protected lottery spot, which would have been the, the Hinky special. If the the Sixers could have gotten that to fall to four, but here we are. So a lot of changes. Uh, no Kobe Bryant is going to be something uh, that I, I can't even get used to yet. Uh, and then some reports: uh, Chad Ford saying that D'Angelo Russell possibly on the trade block for a top five pick, which I mean, kind of sounds like a, a decent move for anybody needing a, a guard uh, in that range. Uh, they have uh, Swaggy Swaggy P coming back, so that's big. Kidding. Oh, the, 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 the newly the newly single swaggy pig. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, Iggy doesn't trust doesn't trust him anymore. <laughs> um, and, and then they should be able to bring Black Clarkson, uh, Lou Williams has two more years. Larry Nance I thought had a pretty good rookie season for such a bargain. Julius Randle's back, so a lot of a lot of pieces. They're going to be very active in free agency. Uh, sounds like they're going to to DeRozan. Uh, they're probably being on Biombo, with Guard Hibbert gone, so that they need some help uh, in a lot of places. So you think they're going to go Ingram? Uh,
0: yeah, uh, you know, normally you would say there's no way they can screw up, um, uh, you know, the second pick in a two player draft. Uh, but this is a team that took Russell at number two last year, and uh, I know there are some people who sort of rejoiced at his two or three weeks that he did play well during the season. Uh, but I'm just not a fan uh, of his game, especially if you're going to play him at the point. Um, but, you know, Ingram, Ingram will help, um, you know, there's a big void on that wing um, for the Lakers. And, you know, as we just talked about uh, between the shooting and the ability to take the ball off the dribble, um, there's a lot, you know, a lot he can offer them right away. And um it, Within a year or two, he's, I mean, he should be their best player.
1: That sounds good. Uh, so you think he'll step into the, um, the starting role and pretty much get 28, 29,
0: 30 minutes a game? Uh, yeah, there's no, you know, Luke Walton, uh, I think has a better idea of, um, you know, how to handle the rookies and knows he's basically starting from scratch at this point. So there's no harm, um, in, in getting Ingram out there, and the guy, you know, he's a pretty smart player, um, so I think he'll be able to build a trust factor pretty quickly. So he won't. Um,
1: sorry, I was going to say he won't uh, pull Byron Scott and throw his rookies under the bus. <laughs> uh,
0: no, no, he won't. He won't do that. And, you know, I don't. You know, he's not going to make um, a lot of. You know, he'll make the normal rookie mistakes, you know, they make. Um, But unlike a Russell, who would seem to make them over and over again, uh, you know, Ingram will learn. And you'll see from November to, you know, to March, um, I'm expecting a pretty rapid improvement.
1: All right, good to know. Uh, So moving on to the third, actually, um, anything else you see the Lakers doing? I mean, I've seen Marquise Chris's name come up, uh, Buddy Heald, I saw his name come up somewhere. Um, do, you, do you think it's pretty much like you said that they, they'd have to screw this pick up to to pass but is there anybody else you could consider just
0: i, I mean if if they're really thinking they're starting from um scratch and they want to uh you know take a you know really swing for the fences maybe drag on uh, but you know healed you know i know he just he just worked out for them and great shooter but when, you, ha- when you, you know you already have Russell and you know Clarkson likely going to be back, um, you know there's just not enough shots to go around um, when you yeah. had a Buddy Heald type. Yeah, I
1: heard Heald put up a 40 inch vert at uh, his workout on Saturday, which is pretty. I mean, I
0: didn't think he was that athletic. Ath- that, that athletic. Uh, well, that's that, you know that's the beauty of the pre-draft period is for the most part all these guys work on is, you know, acing sort of these physical tasks. Yeah. Um, you know, the odds of that 40-inch vertical staying with him and being part of, you know, what he shows on the floor going forward, you know, I'm not so sure um, about that. Cause it's not really part, you know, having great leaping ability really isn't part of his, his game, um, where it might be, you know, a little different. You mentioned Marquise Chris and someone like that. Um, you know, he you know, I mean, you can tell just by the amount of minutes he played during the year and the constant running around he did that the guy was athletic, um, you know, never really seemed to tire. Um, but you know, people, again, like they love wingspan. They love, you know, hearing about how high a guy can jump. Even if it doesn't translate, um, to the game, it's just, uh, you know, something for people to get behind. Yeah, like
1: uh, Zach Levine, love love those dunk contests. (laughs) All right, so moving to the third pick, which I think is probably the most curious pick, uh, and it's not really close, is Boston. They got this pick from the old KG Paul Pierce trade, so sitting pretty there, thanks to the Nets losing their last 10. That really helped them uh, get that number three spot. A lot of direction they, they can go here. They... Brad Stevens never really found his guy. We saw him go with Sollinger at times, Amir Johnson at times. he went with Jonas to in the playoffs more than anyone else at power forward uh jay Crowder i mean they got they could use some forwards but and this pick could be traded uh Evan Turner is a free agent uh david lee free agent <laughs> so um a lot a lot of ways they can go here. so if they do keep it, what do you think they would go with?
0: yeah, there are a couple again a couple of different ways and you know. It, they, I, I really think they're going to do everything they possibly can, um, to to get rid of this pick. Um, you know, one way is that we're talking about a playoff team. You know, uh, you know, fifth seed in the East already. Just need, um, you know, a couple more pieces. Uh, so they may want to go with, look at a player who, is most ready to come in. And help them right away, even if it's not in the position of real you know, need. Uh, you look at a buddy heel type, uh, his ability to shoot, um, or a Chris Dunn. Uh, you know, I'm a Marcus Smart fan, but I know people uh you know get frustrated with him at times and they've never really found their true answer at the point guard position. So Dunn uh is definitely someone who can be in play there. Um, or if they don't think they're really going to get anyone who can help them now, uh, no matter what they do, um, then you look at a drug and vendor uh, and prepare for the future a bit and get him over here and start working. So uh, when you're competing, hoping to compete for the top spot in two or three years, um, you know he's ready to help you out.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like. Uh, I guess, what do what do you think about him? I haven't really seen much on Bender, but, um, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really impressed with his, uh, low post game. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think, like, it's not Chris Stapps Porzingis at all. Um, so, I mean, do you see him, like, as a more of a project, more so than Chris Stapp's, obviously? I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't def- see him having an impact in the next couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, he definitely didn't get the kind of experience overseas that Porzingis did, um, You know, even even playing for Tel Aviv, you know, he didn't get a lot of playing time, especially, you know, in Euroleague games against the top competition. Um, While Porzingis, you know, playing in the Spanish League, his team wasn't great, but he was out there playing uh, a good amount of minutes. Uh, Bender is skilled. He's a skilled player for near 7-1. Can knock down jumpers, can put the ball on the floor a bit. Uh, can see the floor, can make some good passes. Uh, the thing with Bender, and I think this is a question a lot of people have about him, is what's going to be sort of his elite skill, especially when you're talking about a guy you're picking at number three. He, you know, he can do a lot of things. He's good at a lot of things, but he's not great at anything, and it's tough right now to sort of anticipate. What he may end up being great at, um, if he if something if he becomes an elite perimeter shooter for seven one, then you have um, you know something somewhat special, the unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know if he just stays sort of pretty good at a bunch of different things, then we're just talking about a seven one role player. Yeah, he strikes uh,
1: me as a like a three and a four slash five body.
0: Um, well, he's part of this new wave of seven footers who, um, all come up thinking they're small forwards. Uh, <laughs> so that's what they've sort of spent their time on. There's a few of those guys, uh, in this draft, but Bender at this point probably has a little more skill and, uh, a little more upside than a lot of them. So that's how he ends up at this three spot. But you know, you have to, have to sort of figure out, again, who is he going to defend? And, uh, you know, is he going to get much stronger? You know, how is he going to handle the, you know, the speed and physical uh, physicalness of the NBA game? Uh, so, you know, like poor last Lester, he's more of a, you know, swing for the fences kind of, uh, kind of pick. But if Boston said if they don't find who they want, someone who can help them now, uh, you may as well go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean they have pl- they have plenty of guard depth. I mean the pizza guy Isaiah Thomas, he's one of the best contracts in the NBA, and his contract is descending too. So I don't know why the Suns traded uh, traded him. That was stupid. But anyways, uh, Avery yeah. Brad- Avery Bradley, Terry Rozier, I thought made a little bit of a stride late. Uh, I liked what he did. Got some playoff minutes. Uh, R.J. Hunter kind of up and down. Never really got it going. Uh, I think James Young's kind of a wasted pick. Um, which is fine. I mean, they didn't get that pick in the lottery anyway, so yeah, going big seems like the the way to go again if they can keep that pick, which they could. They could be in on Jimmy
0: Butler too. So yeah, I mean, there's a, again, this is where the draft is really starting um, because there's you know besides the, you know the chance of them uh, dealing this pick, um, there's a lot of different directions they can go, so they'll sort of set the tone um, for everything that happens after that.
1: All right, so moving to number four, the Suns. Um, after a decent start to their season, all the injuries really derailed them, and they're left with um, they had a, a surplus of guard last year, two seasons ago, so twenty fourteen fifteen, made some moves, traded Drogic, traded pizza guy I just said, and now they got the same problem. Uh, Devin Booker was better than expected; was arguably the the best pick of the draft last year, value wise. Um, couple couple up in up uh in that range, but. Uh, he was awesome. So they need a power forward probably more than any team. Um, Mirza Toledovich is a free agent. John Lewis is a free agent. Marquise Morris is gone. They got the 13th pick there. Um, they have Ty Chandler. They have Alex Lynn who was disappointing, uh, who played power forward. So I don't think that's going to work. TJ Warren coming off foot surgery at small forward. So I, they have to go for a three or a four, probably a four. So anyone you see for
0: them at this spot? Uh yeah, you know, one of the issues with this draft is um, there's not a lot of guys who are ready to sort of step in, even, even on a team that's down and, and can afford rookies playing time. Um, and the other part of it is, in terms of uh, threes, there's not a whole lot um, this early in the draft that are probably worth taking. Uh, so, I mean, Phoenix, I think, can end up pretty well here if they were to look at you know, heavily at Marquise Chris, Um, 6'10", super athlete, uh, showed some ability to to knock down shots, uh, runs the floor really well. Uh, Again, another another good shot blocker. Uh, So there's a lot there to work with. Uh, He just doesn't know how to play the game yet. Uh, You know, he's just sort of, you know, as a freshman last year, lived off his uh, athletic ability. Uh, so, somewhat of a project, but uh, for a team like Phoenix who has a need at that spot, um, you know, I think it would be a great direction for them to go in.
1: Uh-huh. Anybody else that you can see? I mean, if Bender, do you think that if Bender's there, they may go for him? Um, I mean, what I've I've seen Jalen Brown kind of pop up. Uh, anybody? I mean,
0: do yeah. any of those guys sound intriguing to you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Bender falls. Then again. If you're not going anywhere, swing for the fences kind of thing, yeah. Um, you know, or if they just want, if they just want to troll everyone, take Jamal Murray and add a fifth or you know, fourth or fifth Kentucky guard oh, wow. uh, t- to their team. Uh, yeah, um, you know Jalen Brown is, is an interesting, you know, again probably the old, one of the few threes um, who has somewhat of a lottery value. But again, no, at number four, with what he's shown so far, and I'm not sold on what his potential actually is. Uh, you know, four would be kind of a stretch for him. Uh, so I think Chris. You know, if, if Bender falls, him if Bender goes at three, uh, I think Chris is probably their only other real option. Okay, makes
1: sense. Okay, so on the number five. Uh, another team in, in great, great shape, the Wolves. They are also in on this Jimmy Butler thing. It sounds like the Bulls are going to wreck their team, which, I mean, they probably should. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, they got Tom Thibodeau in the fold, so that there's the attraction there. They're also in on Joe Kim Noah. Uh, Rubio under contract for a few more seasons. Uh, Zach Levine really blossomed as shooting guard uh, late last season. Wiggins at the three, Baz Mohammeds um, was pretty solid. And then they have the ultimate... uh, prospect in carl anthony towns gorgy jang was good um so yeah they got a really great nucleus um they could trade it but if they keep it um where would you i mean they really don't have any glaring weaknesses where do you
0: see them going yeah i mean there are a couple of different options for them here and it all you know revolves around just strengthening the backcourt um a bit more uh you know, and uh, which could give them some more options going forward. First guy who sort of stands out is Chris Dunn. Uh, like you mentioned, Rubio has a few more years on his deal, um, and he has, you know, somewhat good chemistry with the guys who are there already. Uh, but with Thibodeau in place now, uh, you know, I think he would fall in love with Dunn's defensive ability yeah I caught my eye, uh, man I, I was like, well, this guy could defend uh from the
1: stuff I've seen on him he looks great
0: uh I yeah see. you know he and I think he sort of needs Thibodeau's discipline um because he's also prone to making a lot of mistakes on defense because uh his college coach Ed Cooley just sort of let him go and do his own thing huh. um so he would he would either make a spectacular play or be horribly out of position um but the tools, you know, the tools are all there from, from the length and the ability to move his feet and the quick hands. Um, and on the offensive end, you know, he, he's, he can create off the dribble, very good in the pick and roll, will be great um, for Wiggins and Towns, uh, a, not a great long-range shooter, uh, but some ability there. Um, but, like, on the defensive end, it's decisions. He, You know, he could have been a lottery pick last year. Um, and I think part of the reason he came back was to sort of work on the, the long-range shooting and the decision-making and really didn't improve either. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much upside is left. He's 22 already, even though he's only really played two full college seasons. Um, but... If he pans out and he works well under Thibodeau, it could make Ricky Rubio a trade, you know, a, tr- uh, a trade piece down the road. Um, which, as as the Timberwolves start to progress and get closer to the playoffs, uh, could be the sort of guy who lands them uh, a, a missing piece that they need to take that giant step.
1: Huh? Yes, yeah, so Dun looks like one of the, um, I guess, most NBA
0: ready guys. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, he he's the kind of guy, he can come in and play um, for Minnesota a solid 15, uh, 20 minutes a game, and it, I don't think he would really miss a beat um, playing with the second unit or even getting some you know some spot starting time if needed. Uh, he knows how to play that style. Can he play off-ball at all? Um, you can try. Again, the shooting is kind of hit and miss. Okay. I think he shot 36% from three last year, but again, he's another one of these guys where he would hit five, six in a row. Um, then the next three or four, um, would just be horrendously off. Um, so he still has work to do there, but he has good size at six, four, um, You know, the one thing that sort of bothers everyone at this point is there was the issue with not releasing his medical records to some teams. Uh, He's had a couple of shoulder injuries, which um, messed up his first two seasons of college. Um, So, you know, a slight red flag there. But, um, you know, a good choice for Minnesota at five to sort of, you know, add the next piece of the puzzle wonder if they would do anything with Tyus Jones, who was pretty bad last year.
1: Um, uh, he had a really bad start at Summer League and never really got it going. But they gave him minutes late when they really were like, okay, Levine is really a capable shooting guard. So I guess he would kind of be out of the rotation again, which I guess is fair. I mean, he hasn't played well at all.
0: Yeah, he, you know, he sort of rode that wave of winning a national championship into the draft when he really was nowhere near ready. Yeah. Uh, for the NBA level, uh, but the, you know the kind of thing where it would benefit him to to sit and watch and learn behind um, uh, Rubio and Don if they were to take him. Yeah. All right. So moving to number six, uh,
1: a team that has some serious depth issues. Uh, the Pelicans. They have Tyreek and Drew coming back. Uh, Anthony Davis on that huge deal. Um, they had probably one of the worst contracts of anyone last year when they signed Omar Ashik. Uh, he has a 2019-2020 player option, which I'm sure he'll keep. Uh, so you got a few <laughs> years of that. Uh, Alexis Agensa, who played okay. Uh, and then uh, Babbitt with the team option. So really thin on the wings. They need a three bad. Ryan Anderson's gone. Uh, I'm assuming Eric Gordon most likely will be going elsewhere. Kendrick Perkins, uh, the heart and soul of that team. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll he's likely uh off to greener pastures so they i think they got to go with a, a wing or some backcourt help um so and they kind of made their bed with the ashick thing so what do you think about for them at six
0: uh yeah i mean as i mentioned with the wings we're not really talking about a strong group in this lottery but i think they'll have better options if they're looking uh to fill the backcourt needs um we've talked about buddy healed already uh, great shooter, um, you know, has some defensive ability, um, you know, a little bit more versatile on offense than people think and can even run the pick and roll, uh, a bit. So I think he'd be, re- you know, pretty much ready to step in and offer something right away, uh, for a team that need, that needs some shooting. Uh, the other option could be Jamal Murray, um, yeah, you know, Murray's thing is, you know, another very good shooter. But he has the Zach Levine complex, where he thinks he's a point guard, huh. and people have, you know, convinced him he's a point guard. But he's, you know, other than the ability to run, you know, an occasional set out of the pick and roll and make some nice passes, uh, his strength is shooting and running off the screens and you know being able to knock down quick jumpers. He has NBA range already. Uh, but if you put the ball in his hands too much, um, things get a little bit messy. Uh, so if, 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 uh, New Orleans can convince him, uh, that we just want, you know, we're here to have you shoot, um, you know, I think he'd help them a lot too.
1: And, uh, he had a huge jump in three poor percentage, jumped up like nine and change percentage wise, uh, from his junior year to last year. Um, and then the other question I have. For, so do you think that is legit? Is he like really that good? Or and then also, can he play the three at all? Um, a little bit undersized. Uh, he's a little thin at six five, so it's going to be a tough, tough cover for him.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think he's healed ready to play the three. Um, and yeah, the shooting. You know he he's been working at this, and it was sort of. The, you know, the stories of last summer, the guy was just in the gym nonstop working uh, at it, and that's been sort of his M.O. since he got to college. It, he just outworks everyone, and so I'm not concerned, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a 45% shooter uh, from NBA 3, at least in the first couple of years, but um, I think he'll be somewhere in that thirty-eight to forty percent range. Um, once he sort of settles in, once we're into January or so, he'll probably find his you know find his stride.
1: Okay. Uh, so any, anywhere else do you see, um, like you said, Murray, uh, and then I mean, maybe Jalen Brown, and you seem yeah. like you're not high on Jalen Brown.
0: No, Jalen Brown is again. Yeah, they, they could use some help on the wing, and. He has good size, NBA body already, uh, loves to attack the basket, but another broken jumper. Uh, it's, you know he'll occasionally hit you know, the mid-range off the, off the dribble, uh, but it hasn't found any consistency in mid-range, long range, um, and not really a, a very good defender. Yeah, there's a lot. In a lot of ways, he was he had a similar freshman year to um, Stanley Johnson, and but Johnson was able to sort of take the pre-draft period and the summer to really work out a lot of these issues. Became a more consistent shooter, um, stepped up on the defensive end, and Johnson was already probably a bit better defender than uh, Brown was. But you know, both had that. Thing where they made it through high school and early part of college just overpowering everyone. Okay. Um, and once they weren't able to do that, it was up to them to uh, sort of become more versatile. And Johnson was able to do that. And the question with Brown is, will he be able to do the same thing? Huh. okay. Yeah,
1: Johnson kind of, he re- really blew up in summer league too. Uh, one stat I looked up that I thought was interesting was Buddy Healds um, assisted on threes only 68% of the time, which is pretty good. That's uh, a pretty low number. I like to see because I know Justice Winslow he had a really high uh, assisted threes percentage, so it didn't translate as well uh as it probably would have. So I guess I guess healed should be ready to roll. Uh and he was good at the rim, sixty one percent at the rim, pretty solid for a college guard. Uh
0: yeah, and, and Heald, the one thing about him is just incredible confidence. Uh he doesn't care how many hands are in his face. He thinks he's gonna hit the shot. Um uh, and a lot of times he did there were some unbelievable shots he was able to knock down uh during last season okay
1: good to know all right so moving on to uh denver they have uh new york's pick new york doesn't have a pick but they got andre bernani so it's it's okay but again <laughs> if they didn't have their bernani trade they probably wouldn't have got chris Stapps last year because <laughs> they were so bad um so, Denver, this team's done really well in the draft. I mean, I don't think Moody was a slam dunk great pick, but he's been pretty solid, really kind of came along late in the year, shot the ball a lot better, and then they crushed their Nikola Jokic pick. Guy is a machine. Um, arguably the second-best rookie last year. Uh, Joseph Nurkic is pretty good. Will Barton's on a steal of a deal on $3.5 million for the next two. I thought Gary Harris has really grown. Uh, Danilo Gallinari still there. They'll get Wilson Chandler back. Uh, This team has a lot of depth, Um, and then there's always the perennial Kenneth Freed's on the trade block. He's under contract for a couple more seasons as well. Uh, So where do you
0: see them going? I mean, they could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, I think this is probably the the most likely landing spot for Jalen Brown. Uh, You know, if if there's one place where, you know, Denver can definitely use a little bit um, of youth and depth, it's probably on the wing especially with Gallinari, you never know when he's going to get hurt again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so assuming Brown is still there, I think they're going to be very high on him. Um, If somehow uh, healed was the fall to them, I think they would jump all over him, even with Gary Harris sort of uh, taking a step forward last year. uh, I think that, you know, the 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 mindset of the of the Denver front office is you can just you can never have enough shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Hield's gone and you know, everyone else we've talked about is gone before them, uh, I think Brown is probably the direction they're going to go. All right.
1: Uh, any th- Anything else that you would see? I mean, they don't need a big man. They, you know, they maybe get a, get a backup. Maybe go like Jamal Murray or something like that if he's available.
0: Uh, you know, Murray's a possibility. Um, again, you know, I, if he was, if he actually was a point guard, I could see him being a little more valuable. Um, but with based on what their roster looks like now, and the, if you have Brown and Murray as an option, um, I think this is probably a good place to, you know, to make the investment in Brown. You don't need to play him right away um but you can still get him a bit a bit of experience with with a young core that's growing
1: okay all right so moving to number eight let's get through these last three quickly here kept going yeah. for a while uh so we got the kings they got a new arena they got a new coach hopefully they'll keep him for more than a year um they've got darren collison's in a little bit of trouble now hopefully he's uh gonna hopefully well if he did what he did then you know whatever but uh uh, Ron does a free agent. Seth Curry uh, has made himself some money as a restricted free agent. Should Sounds like the Kings are going to try to bring him back. Uh, obviously, you got the three-headed monster up front with Boogie Kostakoufis and Willie Cauley-Stein. Rudy Gay's in another year um, that he has a player option, which uh, he probably will opt out of. Uh, so, I mean, they, another team that could go in a lot of direction, uh, different directions. I think they do need a guard more so than anything else. So, what do you see for them?
0: You know, based on how we've gotten to this point, I think this is where you'd see Jamal Murray uh, going at this point, uh, giving them that shooter that they they really need. Uh, You know, the only other option I can think of would be if they really want to try and fill the point guard spot, uh, reaching a bit for Wade Baldwin uh, out of Vanderbilt. But I don't think he's really that ready at this point to to contribute enough to to make it worth a reach for them. Uh, so, you know, based on that and all the other front court players who have value around here, I think Murray is probably the direction they would go. Uh, the the boogie Kentucky Wildcat thing going on down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, and of course, you know, whoever ends up being out of the. The Dun Healed Murray, you know, trio, whichever one ends up falling to them, is, is going to be the guy they jump on.
1: They apparently uh, really, really want Healed. They were saying that they're praying he slips to them. So yeah, sounds like he's kind of uh, separated himself from the other kind of potential wing scores. Okay, so number nine, uh, Toronto's picking here. Uh, big free agency stuff DeRozan, unrestricted sounds like they're going to try to keep but if he's going to get 15-16 million uh, I don't see how the Raptors go for him, so going for a big backup makes sense, Uh, they have Lowry and Corey Joseph, they're locked up at point guard Um, if they get DeRozan back, they still have depth behind him with Norman Powell uh, a steal of a deal, uh, and Terrence Ross hasn't really done anything Uh, and then Bruno Caboclo, man, where you at? let's get some Bruno (laughs) action uh and then uh Jonas Valachionis uh, is the man they still have Tupat but Skull is going to be gone they could use a power forward so it looks they probably want to go down that road right
0: uh yeah uh you know as you mentioned chances that Bionbo is going to get a big deal i don't see toronto uh being able to keep them so you know there's really only one true um backup center uh, or center uh in this lottery range and that would be Jakob uh, Perl out of Utah. Uh, I think you know he doesn't have the athleticism of Biombo. He's not the rim protector that Biombo is, but he's a much better offensive player. Um, and his offensive skill set is uh, somewhat similar to Valanchunas, so you wouldn't really lose a lot putting him on the floor. Um, but if they're more concerned about looking at for um, replacing Biombo's ability to protect the rim... Uh, you know, then you may look at either Scalabissiere, uh, another Kentucky guy, um, or Deonta Davis out of Michigan State. Uh, two long, athletic uh, power forwards, um, but both have very good size—six, eleven, seven feet—and um, both still very raw. So you can sort of uh, help build, you know, build them up for the future.
1: Huh. Okay. Uh, so last pick today, we're going to do picks tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you guys uh, come back for that. But sitting 10, the Bucks, um they've got a lot of issues and some news today that they are going to try to shop Greg Monroe, which isn't a surprise. Um, and then they're they're going to try to play Giannis Etetokounmpo at the point, which uh, I cannot wait. Uh, I'm hoping that Greece can get into the Olympics and, and through the qualifying round so we can see more Giannis. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, they're they they going to need a winged uh, Bayless. Pretty much everyone except for Rashard Vaughn in the wing uh, and then Chris Middleton, obviously. Um, they're all going to be gone. So going for a wing, uh, if they shake things around with Monroe, I mean, this team could go in a
0: lot of directions. Yeah, I think, you know, the prevailing thought is uh, hoping Jacoperto falls to them at 10 because uh, I think he would definitely be a much better fit. Um for the direction uh, this team is going on both ends of the floor, okay. uh, you know his ability to get out, set screens, um, active in the pick and roll, um, but doesn't need to you know have the ball run through his hands. Active on the offensive glass, um, so I think you know getting him a ten would allow you know allow them a little more freedom in in trying to to move Monroe if possible. Um, if he was to go at nine, uh, again they may look at the other two um, big guys I mentioned: Scala Scalabecier, Deonta Davis. Um, you know, the other option would be Henry Ellenson, uh, who uh, played you know played his uh, college ball there at Marquette. Uh, more of a stretch fork, and you know wasn't a great three point shooter, um, but shown the ability to hit. Uh, somewhat consistently, can play in the post, can run the floor. Um, So, you know, can add just another, you know, another dimension to a a team that, you know, with the move, the move of Giannis, the point guard, is hoping to, uh, you know, play on versatility at all these positions. All right.
1: Uh, So anything, okay, Uh, anything else you want to add before we get to tomorrow? I mean, we can just uh, kind of leave it at that, and yeah, you know, we didn't get to talk I, about the game last night. If you have some
0: time, uh, well, I mean, just a just a very very. I'm not. I'm still not sure what Golden State was doing <laughs> down the stretch for a team that has won as many games as they have. Um, you know, between between just bad passes being thrown, uh, being down three, and Curry. Getting love in a switch with time left, and just decides to dance around. Ends up with a bad three. Uh, you know the, deci- the decisions from the start of the second half on were just uh, very curious. And uh, Kerr himself, I'm not sure. Playing, you know, starting Azeez again, and you know he co- he goes out there, and uh, LeBron gets a couple quick quick points, and all of a sudden. Cleveland has momentum again, and you know Teron Liu basically outcoached Steve Kerr by not doing anything. Hmm. Yeah, I can't. I mean, they 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 got good
1: looks for the most part, um, but Cleveland's defense was really good, um, and it was kind of a weak point for them in games one and two. I mean, Golden State was getting all sorts of looks, but. Um, they defended him really well. I thought they were very, very good on switching. Um, like, I, like I was saying, Tristan Thompson's defense was was really good, uh, especially on that perimeter, which is kind of a new thing we haven't seen from him. Uh, and just LeBron, um, he, he's just he's the man. I mean, he's, if you want to call him, he's in the conversation for best player. I mean, I don't know how you can even argue against that. I mean, he's just, I was wa- just watching him, you're just like, he is unbelievable. He just put the team on his back, and like my dad was saying, I was watching it with uh, with him yesterday. Uh, like, yeah, Golden State doesn't have a LeBron, uh, and it just he just he just he's so much better than everyone else. I mean, we, yeah, Curry was MVP, but this is still LeBron's league.
0: Yeah, when, when the combination of just the physical ability and the skills, it's it's fun to watch, but it can, it's also disheartening if if you're a fan of another team. Uh, cause you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're never going to get one. You're never going to have a LeBron. Um, uh, you know, there are going to be some good players coming down, you know, coming down the pike, but, um, I don't know when we're going to see someone else with just the combination of, um, massive physical skills and, and the ability, uh, to be so versatile.
1: Played the whole fourth quarter, 48.3 usage rate, uh, 23.1 defensive rebounding percentage. Guy was just everywhere, man. Uh, Just called a hyperbole, please, man. He's just too good. (laughs) Uh, All right, so yeah, we're going to go through picks 11 through 30 tomorrow. Uh, Maybe we'll have some news to talk about. Um, But yeah, so thanks a lot
0: for coming on, man. Um, No problem. My pleasure. All right, so we'll catch you tomorrow. uh, And thanks everyone for listening.